Welcome to the latest episode of the Tech Post podcast with me, Shawnee Ryan, where we cover what's happening in the world of technology. Tech Post is brought to you in association with Limerick City Community Radio. If you have any topics you want covered, please get in touch with us by emailing techpost at limerickpost.ie. And joined once again by Dave O'Neill. Dave, great to have you back. How are you doing? Glad to be back. We have yeah. a lot to discuss today. Uh, all things Apple. I'm doing great. Yeah, loads of things Apple. But before we get into Apple, Dave, just want to run through a few things that happened over the last few days. Um, and I'm going to start off with uh, a company called Fastly. Have you heard of those, Dave? Um, yes, I believe it's a CDN, a content delivery network. Yes. Uh, so I think it was on Tuesday last, um, there was an outage and Fastly had a problem uh, with some configuration and it took down websites like Amazon, Reddit, Spotify, eBay, Twitch, Pinterest, uh, loads of news um, websites went down like the Financial BBC, Times. I think is with them as well. Yeah, and loads of these places went offline. Even, even um, Reddit, and oh, I mentioned Reddit already, um, but um, some of the GitHub stuff went down as well because they use that for some of their assets inside in uh, inside in the website so maybe the, the website mightn't be served fully through fastly but a lot of the assets uh, that would load up like images and javascript and everything so uh, for anybody who's asking <coughs> how, how did this happen uh, i don't think they've give full details yet they blamed it on a software error but effectively because there's so many websites that go through this uh, content network um for speeding up the the delivery of the websites to different people when they had an outage it meant that a lot of the parts or the entire uh, website itself went down for a lot of these people so it was off for a few hours that was so it uh, wasn't a hack it was it was no, them basically no it was just a configuration problem but it just highlights that uh, when you put uh, kind of all your eggs in one basket and have one point of failure then yes things go wrong on the internet yeah, and you see, the point of these CDNs is that um, it's meant to be uh, multiple points of failure. So basically, it's supposed to keep your site online as uh, you know as often as possible, as, as opposed to hosting on one server. Yeah, it's been hosted on various servers all around the world, so it would be speedier for people in various different countries to get the content to their to their web browser. But mm. it's also supposed to be to prevent that kind of thing from happening. Yeah, but the one thing we always say, Dave, when computers are involved, something can go wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, that was Fastly. Uh, moving on, David, I just want to give people uh, a kind of a reminder that um, between now and the next show, the Microsoft event is coming up on June 24th. We mentioned this actually a couple of weeks ago, Dave, but just to give a reminder that this is where Microsoft are going to be showing off the next uh, version of Windows, apparently. Yeah, is it going to be Windows 10 something else or is it going to be Windows 11? Mm, my go. bet's on Windows 11. Yeah, you know what? And it was funny because back when Windows 10 came out, they said that this will be the last version of Windows and it will just be Windows 10 ongoing. Oh, I thought they were going to say the last version of Windows and then they were just going to give up. No, no, no. It was just going to constantly update Windows 10 and just have like, you know, it's just going to be software as a service as opposed to having different versions of it. But I reckon they might have been influenced by Apple if they're going to go to 11 because, you know, Apple was on OS 10 for God knows how long. And and um, it was only last year that they released uh, Big Sur, which is the first version of OS and um, Mac OS 11. Yeah. Okay, the other thing that's happening as well uh, pretty soon is Amazon Prime Day is coming on June. Actually, when I say Prime Day, it's actually days. June 21st and Gen 
June 22nd uh, is Amazon Prime Day, so make sure you have a look at Amazon and there's probably going to be some great deals to be gotten there. Guarantee you, it's going to be Prime Month in a few years. You're going to see what a good thing it is. They're going to advertise it for a whole month. Probably, yeah. yeah. They seem to switch around. I think last year they, they, they changed the dates and I think maybe a lot of that was down to uh, COVID and stuff. But they seem to yeah. switch around when it's actually happening. But they seem maybe they just settled on June now. It seems to be a good time. Yeah, well, you see, last year, um, I know that like, online shopping wasn't affected in general, except for the fact that stock was depleted. And yeah. maybe that's what they were looking at. Maybe mm. they wanted to make sure that they had plenty of stock for, of webcams and everything that were pretty much uh, sold out in March and April. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that was it. Okay, so Dave, we'll, let's get over to Apple. And before we get into WWDC, I just want to give a quick update on something. Uh, we talked about the Apple AirTag um, well, air tags when you have multiple of them, uh, it's hard. It's it, you naturally kind of say air tags, don't you? It's it's hard to just say air tag, but uh, anyway, I got a few, Dave. I had ordered them and I Did got you? delivery. Okay. Right, and I have to say, very disappointed. Whoa! Yeah, and I'm so looking forward to those too. Yeah, do you know what? They do exactly what they're supposed to do. They are so simple. What a great device. But there's one thing. And uh-huh. we mentioned this the last time. And now that I have them, this is a real, real deal breaker for me. There is no loop to attach these things to anything. Right? Oh, so no. you have a device that's just a nice little small circular tag. And unless you have something to attach it to something, it's useless. Now, so there's I, no hole or anything to put no. a string or anything through? No. no. And I ordered the, um, on, on the Apple website, I ordered, I think it was the Belkin keychain key holder. I still haven't received that. So I can't oh. put these on my key ring. All right. Unless I go and find something else, go onto Amazon or something and find a cheap one. But they all look yeah. crap there. But it's just such an oversight that you buy this thing and it's almost useless until you get another thing to put it into and yeah, I, th- I okay. think like okay there, there's there's a market for having fancy tags or fancy little things to put on dog collars or whatever but it just needs a little loop so you can immediately attach to something if you wanted I, I, I really really feel let down on this one but it's the actual device gripe. itself works perfectly right? the device is absolutely brilliant um, now I put one in my car um, and I'm going to do a review at for some stage further where I'm going to simulate my car being taken. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll actually be probably doing live recording as I go to try and find my car. So Are you going to run after us? Pardon? <laughs> Are you going to run after us? <laughs> Maybe for the first 10 yards and then I'll give up. <laughs> Trust on it. Um, right, I'll give you. I'll give you an update on that and the functionality and how it all works. Um, they are lovely. They're brilliant little thing, but just that small thing really detracts from it. That you just can't attach it to something immediately when you get it. You could drop it into a bag, no problem. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't put it into a wallet because it's too big for that. But it's just. Ah, it's just so disappointing when you when you miss that little small little item, small little detail. You know, the, the second version of it, it's gonna, it's obviously going to be better. They're probably going to make it smaller, and they're probably going to put that uh, loop on it that you can 
attach something to it. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Based on feedback, maybe they will. Mm-hmm. Right, Dave, let's get into WWDC 2021 right. and get into all the details of it. There's a lot to cover here in this. Um, I'm going to ignore the, the, the cheesy musical opening on it because uh, <laughs> it was very cheesy. Um, very un-Apple-like to do something like that, but... Yeah. Right. And get straight into iOS 15. So uh, no surprise on the numbering scheme there. They just just increment by one each time. Uh, They don't have any fancy naming on it. It's just iOS 15 coming uh, later in the year, probably October. Uh, But the big thing that they started out with was all the updates to FaceTime. And yeah, this a big shout about that. Yeah, yeah, and this seems to be kind of a direct reaction because uh, because of the the situation with the pandemic and the amount of video conferencing that's going on now. They've really lost ground to people like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, uh, and any other um, video sharing options. And this seems to be a direct reaction to that. It does. And I like you might say it's a little bit late, but maybe it's a case of better late than never, because yeah. I think this is going to be like some of the stuff from this pandemic, even when things go back to somewhat normal, we're going to carry it forward. There's going to be a lot of people still working from home yeah. um, by preference, and there's still going to be uh, and, and you know people are going to have, get used to more video conferences. So it's just going to go up in general, really. So yeah. they introduced several features to make things a little bit handier. Yeah. So and more fun. So the. I suppose the smaller features, which are just kind of um, by the way things, was bringing spatial audio. Now, we're probably going to mention spatial audio a lot throughout this because they've made a big deal of this everywhere. But spatial audio, um, uh, voice isolation, which means it'll cancel background noise, which is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a great feature. And then this uh, whole thing of being able to uh, initiate FaceTime calls across devices and when I say across devices I'm talking about non-Apple devices that now you can join a FaceTime call via a web browser mm. yeah so if you're on Windows or Android someone can send you a link and you can join into a FaceTime call no matter what platform you're on yeah, I think that was definitely needed. I mean, yeah. just limiting to people with Apple devices, then you kind of say, oh, this guy doesn't have an Apple device, we're going to have to do this on Zoom, you know? Yeah. Now, when FaceTime was first announced back, uh, God, I'd say it was easily eight or nine years ago, uh, Steve Jobs open. had said it was going to be open, open source. Oh. And it never happened. So I think this is the first... Um, Step. Yeah, the first step in kind of making it cross-platform uh, yeah. without it being fully open, but at least you can uh, at least you can now join in on other devices. Uh, you're not being yeah. you're not being tied in. Which uh, is, like I wonder if they'll make an Android app for it or even a Windows app. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and, and simply because we're seeing things like the Apple Music, Apple TV, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. things like that coming to Android. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if something came out of this. Yeah, true enough. Absolutely. Right. On top um, of FaceTime, we also had SharePlay. And SharePlay, this, yeah. Yeah, and, and this is uh, a way to share your your content, your TV and your music with other people. This thing of um, watch stuff or listen stuff at the same time with people. So it's synced across all the devices. And that's mm-hmm. obviously built into FaceTime as well. It um, is. Uh, but there has to be app support for it, so your streaming app has to support it. Did you notice one glaring omission from that list? Netflix. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it, it stood out by its absence prominently. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Now, Netflix are, are notorious for, that, for, for this type of stuff anyway, so I don't know if we'll ever see them joining into that. I'd say they, they will, because they'll see it as a competitive loss if they don't get in there at some point, I think. Do you think they need to? Uh, yeah, I do, because there's so much competition out there nowadays. There, a time, there was a time when Netflix nearly had the monopoly, but um, there's so many streaming services out there now. And if, if Netflix aren't providing the same features as the other ones that people want, then people are just mm. going to go, well, look, why am I paying 10 bucks a month, 11 bucks, whatever it is, you know? Yeah, true. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'll take that point. Um, the big thing that I saw in this with the SharePlay is the fact that you can now share your screen on a mobile device. So if you're on your iPad or your iPhone, you can share your screen to someone else. And that's going to be brilliant in our industry and in tech support. Because Absolutely, the amount yeah. of times that you're talking to someone over the phone and you're trying to tell them how to fix something and you're reliant on them describing what they're seeing on screen or what mm. section of the settings they're in. And if they can just share their screen, I've been waiting for screen sharing on, on iOS devices forever. I always wanted it. And this was great to see it. Absolutely delighted with it. Yeah. Yeah. Technical support is going to be so much easier. There's also an API for SharePlay as well. So I saw that, yeah. yeah. So um, other apps will be able to obviously integrate it. Yeah, yeah. so that's. It, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to how this is going to be opened up and what's going to happen with this. I think it's going to be a, a, a big part of this now. I think it's a, a major, major deal. Um, it, 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 yeah. it kind of was understated, but the, the ramifications down the road are going to be fabulous for us, especially in the tech industry anyway. Did you see the bit about the uh, blurring the background image? <laughs> <laughs> revolutionary on, we've been able to do that on uh, skype zoom whatever for how many years now yeah there was yeah. a number of things that they announced uh through it that i was looking at uh saying way too late in the game and this like don't be making yeah. a big deal out of this um right let's move on to messages dave um, mm -hmm. the, there was only a few things that I'm really going to highlight on this. Uh, so some of it is like being able to see stuff that people shared with you in your yeah. news or your photos or your TV or your podcast app. So if people text you something um, or send you an iMessage of a link to a website or a podcast or something, that this will show up in the shared for you section of the specific app. So. Exactly. Now, you see, when people, like if you're in a fairly active group conversation, the conversation mm. can be flowing. Someone shares a link and it's, you know, you have to scroll all the way back up. And first of all, you have to remember that it's there. Yeah. And you scroll all the way back up and say, oh, yeah, I was going to check this out later. But this is handy. Yeah, you know? mm, it is. And one of the things they did with that as well is the ability to pin content. So like that, if somebody sent you a link to a website and you were like, oh, I'll have a look at that later on. You could pin it, and that means it's easier to get back to it later without, as you say, have to scroll all the way back up. That's it, yeah. You'll bring mm. you right into the conversation where the uh, where the link was, yeah. Yeah. Um, next on the list on iOS is um, this new focus feature, uh, which is pretty much do not disturb on steroids. Mm. So it, they're, they're, they're giving you the option of, like having your different scenarios whether you're at work where you're at home um, and deciding what apps can send you notifications uh, what 
what like people whether it's work uh, people can send you emails or text messages only or not send you stuff in the evening so it's kind of it's just a, an advanced filtering system for notifications really which is great yeah but like i mean it, it's it's nothing new exactly because you know there's always been some sort of um a do not disturb thing for example whenever you're driving i always get a message to say that you're driving Correct, yeah. And if I if I message you and I message, and I think there's an override there as well where you can say urgent or something like that. So like you know, if yeah. it's something like an emergency, you can yeah. get through. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Um, it's like I, I I always have that turned on because I just if I'm driving, I just don't want to have no, the of temptation not. of being distracted. Right. Mm. So that's a uh, focus. I think it's going to be. There's going to be a lot more added into that. It's going to it's going to expand a lot because they're. It's just people are going to use this for filtering to exactly what they want when they need it. Yeah, it's it's like if you don't have the self discipline to do it, and you but you want to have it, then this is kind of going to help you along the way. It's quite kind of filter out things during the day. So if you're at work, you don't want to be like checking your phone every time. Uh, ding ding ding! Or you're getting distracted. You're not uh, you're not focused. Or again, when you're driving, you need to be concentrating on the road and not your phone. Yeah, exactly. But and I know, I know people, sometimes when I'm doing stuff at work. Yeah, I I, I don't want. Uh, different notifications coming through to me from um, like personal stuff and everything. You just want to focus on what you're doing. Uh, so the name is pretty uh, pretty exact. It's pretty does what it says in the tin because focus. it's just called focus. Um, right. right. Uh, the next one then was this uh, live text feature that they're bringing to all the photos. So it means that there you can now Google have had this for a while, haven't they? Um, Been able to. Sift I don't out really text out of, a, the, out of a photo. Full features of the photos in Google, to be honest with you. But mm. um, what was all that about again? I, I saw it so, and then I, I, it's kind of gone out of my head now. Yeah, so effectively, if you've got like a photo of mm-hmm. a, a shop front and uh, the person's, yeah. the, the company's number is in the photo, you can yes. select that number and the system will automatically say, oh, look, this looks like text or a number in this photo and it will. Uh, allow you select it as though you're just selecting normal text. Yeah. Now, um, people have had something like that as well. And even like if it's in a different language, it will translate it for you. Yeah, they're saying that this will support seven languages. Mm. So you could actually look up something. Somebody t- has a, a screenshot of a menu um, yeah. and you could actually select it and get it to translate it. Um, and it'll look up uh, and it allow you to search for text in your photos as well. So if you were looking for... Uh, a, a photo of a particular brand of something that you know is in your photo library. You could search for it. You could type in Apple, and it would find everything that the word Apple came up in. Yeah, and, and you know the spotlight feature on mm. macOS and um, iOS. It's pretty good. It's a good search feature, and yeah. um, that's I presume it's in the spotlight search where you can actually it do is, that yeah. text search. It is. Mm. Yeah. So it, it looked quite good because things like taking a picture of a presentation, like a whiteboard at a presentation, I've mm. done that at certain things that I was I was at, where you're looking at something and somebody has some good information up on a on a presentation, and you just take a picture of it. Because uh, you just want to, yeah. yeah, you just want to go back and review it later on, and just see that text again, and just remind yourself. But you can now select that text, copy it out, put it into an email if you want, and send it to someone else as text. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't think the Google system is that quite interactive, but uh, again, mm. I haven't really used it, so I don't know. I'll ha- maybe, uh, maybe that's going to be some homework. I'll figure it out. Okay, right. You can report back to us on that one. 
Uh, then they moved on to Wallet Div, and yeah, in the yeah. Wallet, um, the uh, the main thing that came out of that was the support for uh, driving license and IDs, which yeah, exactly. is pretty much yeah, a US cool. thing at the moment. Yeah, um, so like uh, I suppose if a cop pulls you over or whatever, like you'll have a scanner there, yeah, license and registration, bing, there you go. There it is on my iPhone. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, so like so, some of the things they like the uh, bringing car keys into they, they they showed this off last year of having the your car key being able to get into your BMW with your phone and start it by having your mm. car key virtually on it. Um, but they 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 need the support of the car makers and the same what yeah. they did with the hotels to be able to check into a hotel and use your phone to open the door of your room. They need the support of the hotels to make that work. Of course, yeah. Mm, it has to nice. be a system. Their system has to be compatible with it, and has to have a yeah. NFC and all that stuff. It'll probably be a while before we see any of that over the side of the water, anyway. I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, there's right. so many cities they'd have to implement all this in first over in the US. Okay, Dave, I'm going to just. Um, run through quickly a few other bits and pieces that I kind of want to say highlighted of the whole thing of iOS and then we'll move on to a few of the other bits. Um, so one of the other things was uh, in the weather app, they're going to have a lot more extra information about local uh, weather. Um, the Maps app is going to have uh, more 3D, which would be like showing you the elevation in cities, uh, points of interest, road details like traffic lights and crossovers, uh, a lot more points of interest inside in the Maps. Um, there's another thing that's coming that's drag and, drag and drop between apps on iOS, uh, which will require a lot of uh, fancy finger work because, say, you're on a phone, and you want to drag a photo into an email, then you can take the photo out of the photos, kind of drag it, and then hold it with one finger, and then with the other hand, close the Photos app and open the email app, and then compose a new email and drop the photo into that email. So it's going to require two-handed fancy work on that. Uh, I can't see it taken off, to be honest with you. No. Uh, I don't know. Uh, can you do split screens on an iPhone? I think only on the Pro Max. Okay. Yeah. On the, yeah, all right. On the very large okay. one, well, yeah. If you can do split screen, then it would be fine. Yeah, it would be, yeah. 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 Um, the other one then the, the, that I just wanted to mention was, uh, and this is going to be very handy for some people, temporary iCloud storage. So if you're changing your device, like most people who are signed up to the free iCloud get five gigs of storage. Mm. And that's really not enough if you're transferring from one device to another. So now you can actually um, request temporary storage. So it means that if you want to back up your entire device and then set restore it to your new device, you can get the temporary increase, which is a good, good little thing. Okay. Did they mention how long it would be? Like, no, they didn't actually. I haven't seen or? that yet. Okay. Mm. So, but at least it's there. And yeah. um, the last thing then was with iOS 15, uh, using the Find My Network, they're going to say that even if your phone is lost and it has been wiped or stolen and wiped, you'll still be able to track it on the Find My Network. So wow. to me, it, it seems that they're, they're probably going to use something like the insure, secure enclave inside in the phone to actually keep Store the tracking data, yeah. ID. So even if the phone is, uh, is being used by someone else, that similar to the way the AirTags work, 
it this will this will use Bluetooth to communicate with the Find My network. Awesome. That's pretty much it for iOS 15, Dave. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is a good point to mention it, but um, I don't know if it's on your bullet points there. But um, the HomePod Mini mm-hmm. is now going to be available in Ireland. I do have that written down available or later on in my notes here. Yes, oh, it sorry. is. Sorry. Yeah, and, uh, there's there's a good few little things that were previously not available in Ireland are launching this month in Ireland, which is great. Excellent. Yeah. So I definitely will be. I have one already that uh, I got through the UK, but I definitely will be buying another one because um, I'll, I'll jump ahead a small bit, actually, because on the TVOS stuff, uh, they showed that, uh, well, it wasn't TVOS, it was more kind of the Home OS. Uh, sorry, there's no such thing as Home OS. It was on HomeKit. <laughs> um, that they actually, there actually was a, a job listing put up recently online uh, for Apple for something to do with Home OS. And... Home OS doesn't really exist, so it set the whole kind of rumor mill alive uh, pretty fast about is the HomePod Mini or other devices like that going to get their own separate OS? Because at the moment, they just run a cut-down version of tvOS. I see. Mm, so, uh, but anyway, I, uh, I definitely will be getting a second one because you can get a ste- you can stereo pair the, um, the two iPod Minis to your TV, your Apple TV, to get your spatial audio uh, once awesome. TVS 15 comes out. Uh, right, let's run through a few of the small things that they did here now, Dave. Um, the next thing that they moved on to was the AirPods. And we'll run through this quickly. I'm just going to run a few through quick of the bullet points that they said that uh, are coming. Uh, one is conversation boost, which means that yeah. you can, again, eliminate uh, ambient noise. And if you're someone, say, who's hard, hard of hearing, then the iPod, or sorry, the AirPod is going to focus on the conversation of the person that's talking to you and beam that directly into your ear. So it's kind of just a, a boost for getting the conversation around you. So we'll have handy. to see how intelligently that works. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'd but, love to. Uh, and it, it's similar to what they showed on FaceTime, that this... Mm. Um, getting rid of ambient noise and this conversation voice isolation no uh, i mean the intelligence has been able to hear someone talking to you um you know as, as opposed to hearing the music or whatever you're listening to uh, yeah to i i don't think they i don't think they kind of wanted it as something that you're doing either or i would say it's kind of that if you're sitting there you, you wouldn't be listening to music at the time but you can mm, just okay. use it to amplify the sounds around you Ah, okay. So it's kind of like a temporary replacement for a hearing aid, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Exactly. Um, another thing is they're uh, expanding the announcements that, that before you did in your AirPods, it would announce if you got a text message, but they're expanding that to all notifications now. So it could announce that you've got an email, uh, announce different things from your notifications. And... Um, that the AirPods are now going to be part of the Find My network as well, which is same as the AirTags using that same technology. Okay, and awesome. the last thing on that is that there was there's now separation alerts. And that's not just that uh, if I miss you for two weeks and I'm away from you that I get a separation alert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is that if you leave a device behind, 
you'll get yeah. an alert. So if you walk away from someplace and you left your AirPods down uh, or your Apple Watch or something like that, you'll get an alert on your phone to tell you that you've walked away without this device. Again, using yeah. kind of Bluetooth uh, communication. Now, like what you said earlier on, this is eight years too late. I had this with my Pebble Watch eight years ago. If I was walked it that out, was it was it that refined? I often, quite often, I left work and I'd left my phone on my desk. I got out as far as the stairwell and I was just about to head down the stairwell and my watch binged at me and like just gave me a vibrate and I looked at it and it said iPhone disconnected. And it was like, ah, I am a backup, connect, collected my phone and walked away again. All right. Cool. So it, it was actually working quite well because it, it caught me a few times that I wasn't in the car halfway home and then go, oh, my God, where's my phone? Have to drive back to the office and get it. So this was quite handy. Uh, so I, I think uh, it's, it's great to see it. It's been on a lot of people's wish list for a long time and uh, it's been on mine. So it's great to see it coming into it anyway. Yeah, it's better late than never again. It's one of those things. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Dave, let's move on to iPad OS. Um, the, uh, I don't think there's much in this. Seen as well, right? They didn't start it at one when they brought it out, what, how, how many years ago? Three years ago? Yeah, about that, yeah. They yeah. Just, yeah, they just kind of switched iOS or kind of separated, forked it out um, to iPad OS. Mm. All right. So you know what my the, favorite feature is, but yeah, we get to that the, in, in due course. No, no, let's no, get straight into it, Dave. This was <laughs> such a groundbreaking thing that groundbreaking, I knew. Yes. Um, you texted me um, about it and told me. Widgets, folks. Widgets. Not in. Not um, you know jailed into the notification center, but actual widgets on your home screen. Holy! Oh my God! <laughs> oh, groundbreaking. Groundbreaking, and <laughs> and not only that widgets that can be bigger you can resize them and, yeah. and and you know you can move them around the home screen and your apps will jelly their way around it and stuff like that like you know it's it's so handy i i, I don't have that on my uh android phone do i <laughs> oh wait i've had it since 2010 <laughs> again 10 years yeah. too late <laughs> yeah yeah um they also showed off the new multitasking stuff dave did you watch this the way the new like um kind of side-by-side apps, slide over, a new shelf. And as I was watching it, I was sitting there going, I'm just getting kind of an overload of how do I do this? I could see myself trying to do something on this and getting it completely wrong because it seems as though it's gone way too complicated. Yeah, but you see, to be fair, though, when you introduce something I, and, and Apple are usually very good at making things simple Correct. But if you're introducing something that's somewhat complex mm. like the likes of Microsoft will release it and it will be down well complex to use you can be assured of that whereas Apple tend to kind of find the easy way around it like obviously it's complex yeah. how they implement it but they want to make it easy for the user yeah. And they do a better job at that than most people do, than most companies. Yeah, I just, but in, it's difficult though. It yeah, difficult. in this case I just looked at it and went no this has got so many ways and options of doing something. It, I, I, I don't know. 
maybe it was just me maybe I don't know maybe my mind was just not tuned into accepting this new interface yeah, yet but, but maybe it'll uh, be more clear when it's right in front of you and you yeah. actually get to use it in a practical sense rather than just kind of looking at it uh, like, you know and, and trying to make sense of it without being able to touch it and do it yourself yeah mm. okay. uh, we'll have to see I'll have to wait until I actually start playing with it exactly uh, now actually before we go any further Dave I have to say all the stuff that's coming out in the next uh, they announced that they're going to be uh, introducing like the developer betas of it and then the public betas of it next month Mm -hmm. Um, have to put a caveat around this do not install betas unless you know what you're doing you will you could end up with a brick device or data loss so make sure you have backups if you're going to play with this but I, I know I will I'd be playing with stuff but I wouldn't say do it on your primary device and make sure you have backups before you install the stuff because it's not stable it's not a release candidate so I have to put a big asterisk around that don't play with it if it's your if it's something you rely on yeah, absolutely I mean it wasn't uh, two years ago when Microsoft released a stable release of Windows 10 I think it was uh, 1909 or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and it deleted people's data yeah on the yeah, computer so. to document and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, luckily, I wasn't affected. I didn't install it right away. I installed it only after they released a fix. But if Microsoft released something that they claim is stable and it can do that, imagine what a beta could do. So yeah, exactly. exactly. So the next thing on the iPad OS was this uh, quick note system, whereby and, and this is system wide notes. So you can be in any app. You can just pull up from the corner, write a quick note, and save it and close it. And it's cross-device as well. So it's not specific to iPadOS, but they include it in this section. And I thought it was very handy because I'm someone who would be in something, and I'd love that idea of just being able to take a quick note or copying in a, a link or a piece of text out of a website or something or a note and closing it out of the way quickly. So I, I really thought this was great. I, I, that, to me, was an, a nice thing, and the fact that it's going to be across all the devices. Yeah. Translate then, Dave, the auto-translate. That looked cool. It's kind of like your Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy stuff, whereby one person's talking and the device does the translation on screen for you without any kind of uh, interaction uh, in, in, in a full conversation in two languages. So, well, Skype has had that for many years now. I don't know how good it is. I haven't actually used it any time recently, but it's been there. It's been something that's it's not a new idea, in other words. No, it's not. But it, it looked as though it was well implemented and it's all on device, which makes the performance very good because everything is mm. happening on the device. So for privacy, uh, everything, it, it's like it really is. It, it just looked good and simple. Yeah, that, that Chinese wall that they put in between the on device stuff and the, uh, the, the cloud and stuff like that is great, actually. Uh, I yeah. think we've mentioned that before, but it is actually quite good for privacy and performance, as you said. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Props to Apple. Um, they then showed up uh, the the Swift Playgrounds app uh, on the iPad, and there's a lot of people have been waiting for something like this. Now it's not the full Xcode programming on your iPad that some people are looking for, but mm. you can use the Swift Playground to now build and submit an app directly from the iPad, so you don't need a Mac involved in the whole experience. So you couldn't do that before, not even no. on the iPad Pro. No, no. Wow. No, okay. people people do want, there's a lot of people out there who want to be able to do Xcode on the iPad Pro, and mm. that's not there yet. I think it eventually will, but at least this is a first step forward anyway with Swift. 
Sure. You right. think with an iPad Pro, it's supposed to be almost a laptop replacement. So yeah, yeah. it should have that for sure. Yeah. Okay, Dave, I want to jump through the next few pieces really, really quickly before we get to macOS. Um, All righty. All right. So uh, the first one is privacy. They showed um, enhancements to email privacy so you can't be tracked when you open an email. Um, again, highlighted Siri on device, um, which is like what we were talking about, the translation on the device, that Siri is going to do a lot more with your requests on the device itself without having to be connected to the Internet. Uh, so that's, again, for privacy and speed. Um there's a whole thing about this app privacy report, so it'll give you more details about what apps are looking for your details and what, what details they've, they've accessed. And they then talked about iCloud and this iCloud Plus, which is effectively a, a VPN. They call it private relay, but it's a VPN. Yeah. Mm. Um, and part Apparently of iCloud... It doesn't degrade performance, but again, that's just something we have to put to the test, really. Yeah as long as it stays up and isn't like Fastly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, right, the next thing was the in the iCloud Plus, there will be unlimited video devices as well. Currently at the moment, if you've got cameras in your home kit or your home um, smart home uh, setup, then you are limited to five camera feeds at the moment for part of your iCloud storage. And... Um, they're changing that with the iCloud Plus now to be unlimited video devices. And, and they also um, say that it won't count towards your storage either. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, there, there is no pricing on iCloud Plus yet. I haven't seen anything yet, so it'll be interesting um, to see what kind of price. They said, they said the price won't be any different to what you pay for the iCloud subscription as it is. Oh, right. Okay. They said they're keeping the same that. prices. They made a big that. shout about that at the end, and it's yeah. all going to be the exact same price. All right. They also, in iCloud, introduced this thing of uh, contact recovery and legacy contacts. So if someone yeah. passes away, that you can have nominated okay. contacts for accessing your account afterwards. Mm-hmm. Or if you need to recover your account, if you're, if you're not in it, then they, they, um, if you can't get into your iCloud account, you can nominate people that you can get into your, iCloud, your account to help you recover access to it. Well, no, they'll get a code. They won't have access to your account, but they'll get oh, a correct. code and they'll be able to tell you what that code is and then yeah. that will get you in. Yeah. Okay. Um, then on the health section, they showed off um, this uh, steadiness um, feature whereby it'll tell you if you're kind of, if you're walking... Uh, pattern has changed and that might you might be more prone to a fall. Um there's an awful lot more lab data and trends in your health, which I think is more kind of towards US-based stuff. And then there's health sharing, so you can monitor the trends of, of the health of other people in your family, say. Okay, yeah. that's right. pretty cool. Uh, then on WatchOS, Dave, they didn't really announce much on this. Um, I, I thought this wasn't really a whole... OS update. It was more like just small things added to what was there already. Um, the Breathe app is going to have a lot more mindfulness stuff inside in it. Um, there's a lot more kind of workout stuff coming to the fitness app. Uh, you can have photos as a watch face, uh, your own portrait photos, and make a. You couldn't a watch do that thing. before. <laughs> no, um, Apple have Apple are very um, strict on watch faces. 
Uh, and y- like you can't have third party watch faces that people can just make their own watch face and submit it out there and part of the reason that that is because people would just go away and make kind of Rolex or Omega watch faces and they're and they're uh, copyright protected right so you can't have people just making a watch face that makes it look like some other watch because they're, they're, these things are, are heavily guarded in the watch industry so yeah. how could they police all that? That somebody makes yeah. a watch face with the big word Rolex written across it and making it look like the exactly the same as a, a face that's on a, a 30 grand Rolex watch. Yeah, but that doesn't really concern Apple, though. I mean, they, they can't be, at least they, they can admonish themselves of any guilt. Um, and they could say, yeah, what, what you put on your 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 watch is your own business, you know? And uh, if Rolex catch on to you putting it on, then they could sue you. But uh, Apple shouldn't be have any involvement in that. Uh, fair point, actually. Yeah. Mm. I, well, I don't know what the legal, uh, um, you know, yeah. implications could be for Apple. But uh, if, if there isn't any, then there's no reason why they shouldn't just let people go crazy. Yeah. That's, yeah, I agree with you, actually. I do. Mm. Mm. Um, right, on HomeKit then, they had a segment and the big thing that came out of that is this Matter support. Um, have you heard about Matter, Dave? No. All right, so did you hear last year about this thing called the Chip Pro Project, which was Apple, Amazon, Google, and Microsoft, I think it was, coming together, and a few other like smart home device manufacturers to create oh, this yes, open standard. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Now it rings a bell. Yeah. So they re re kind of rebranded or renamed themselves lately to call themselves Matter, and all the they've all agreed on this kind of standard for smart home devices, and that means that Fantastic. instead of something being only for HomeKit or only for Amazon um, Alexa to control or Google Home because home, Google Home isn't it uh, that if it has matter support it'll work in any ecosystem so, I do love it when big companies come together and form some sort of consortium like that and, yeah. and work together it's, it's always good it's always consumer pro, pro oh consumers. it's going to be uh, the only people who are going to benefit out of this are the consumers us with our devices. Mm. So with the new version of the um, the OSs, uh, the HomeKit is going to have Matter support. So it'll open it up to a lot more devices. Um, there's HomeKey support, which is really just unlocking your door with a, 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 a digital key. Um, yeah. Better uh, Siri integration into it. Uh, I mentioned this earlier on, but there was like the HomePod mini stereo so you can have your Apple TV with two HomePod minis and get your spatial audio. And um, Siri on third-party devices. Did you miss this? Um, I did. I, I think I glossed over that section. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this was... Actually, it should have had its own big section and should have been more prominent. But you know the way you can build in Alexa into all different devices. So you can buy third party devices, not just the Amazon Echo, and it it can have this uh, assistant built into it. Mm-hmm. Now they're doing that with Siri. So it means ah, you okay. can build Siri into the thermostat. And that means that the thermostat that you buy now becomes something that you can issue Siri commands to a lot more devices in your home that will you don't need the home pod mini to use siri around your home okay then yeah and i think that's that's going to be good it's probably because they're bringing matter support 
and mm. that this was probably part of it that you need to be able to have your whatever the controlling device is or the controlling ecosystem has to have some way of being controlled especially by voice so if, if there's going to be cross-platform capability then you can't have apple saying well our voice assistant will only work on this device and amazon's voice system will only work on this device so they probably had to open it up probably yeah they, yeah they probably would have had to set that out from day one yeah right dave uh let's move on to the big one then mac os Alrighty. 12 monterey monterey there you go I, do, do you do you know where monterey is uh, it's on the coast um some sort of pier i think all right i, I have no idea <laughs> right um, side area or whatever but they they said they went they dived underwater to find this place so i don't know i don't know atlantis or is that dived or dove i don't know <laughs> <laughs> right so some of the big things with <laughs> ios 12 dave um a lot of them are stuff that we've mentioned already, like all the FaceTime enhancements are coming to it, all the share play, uh, the focus, the quick notes, all those things that are going to be on all the other devices are all coming to macOS 12 as well. Um, saw that, yeah. Yeah. But the one that really caught me was this universal control. What did you I think of that? I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. It actually really, really looked good. Uh, right, to describe what it was, effectively, you can have your iMac, you can have your uh, MacBook beside it, and you can have your iPad beside that. And seamlessly, obviously, it's by, I presume it's just using like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, that you can have your mouse going across each of those three devices as though it's three different screens connected to one device. Yeah, just like your multi-monitor setup at home or at work. Yeah, exactly. But it just means that you can just bring an iPad over beside your MacBook and suddenly now you have a second screen and you can drag and drop between the two screens, which looked really cool. And you can use your trackpad and your keyboard on your Mac to control the input on your iPad. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I don't. Um, I don't know if they said how close it needs to be, but I would say it'd have to be within um, a few inches. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. They say they, everything that they showed there. It was like there was only two or three inches be- between it. Between it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, it really looked so handy. Uh, I can see my that, that being something that I'd use loads of times, especially if you're working on something on your machine at work. And let's say you have to go out to a client or you have to go home or something that you could have your laptop beside you, drag and drop it onto the screen with the same keyboard and mouse, have it on that screen and away you go. It's, yeah, that's it's certainly so one use case for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just gives you an extra screen to use as well anyway. So just make you're making more use of it. Hmm. Speaking of an extra screen, the next thing they showed was AirPlay to your Mac. So oh, yeah. anybody who has used AirPlay before, you're usually AirPlaying like from your Mac or your iPhone or your iPad to something like an Apple TV. That That's how you share it. Um, or you're using it to AirPlay music to a speaker system that supports AirPlay. But now your Mac can be the receiving device. So the music that you're playing on your phone you can have it airplayed and come out of your Mac speakers 
or you, if you're watching a video on your phone, you can put it up on the larger screen on your Mac. And yeah. this, this is, again, is something that should have come out years ago, but it makes perfect sense to have it. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they mentioned, does it have to be one of the new M1 Mac and iMacs, or can it be one of the older ones? Oh, I need to go look at that up, Dave. Um, I don't know either. They didn't mention it, I don't think. No, they, I don't think they did. Um, the illustration that they showed um, kind of pointed to the newer iMacs with the new speakers inside them and stuff like that. So it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Yeah, that's going to be something I'm going to have to go check out, actually, because you could mm-hmm. be on something there now that uh, maybe the old Intel Macs just don't have the hardware that's needed. Maybe, uh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so I might actually even just try and uh, look that up while we're finishing up on this, Dave. So um, the other thing that they showed then was um, shortcuts coming to the Mac. And um, that's um, it's kind of going to be replacing Automator or an Apple script. But it's something that a lot of people have been looking for over the years. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what that was all about because it's not something I use. Yeah, I use it a bit on my, like you can obviously, you can use shortcuts on your phone or your iPad. And I use it quite a bit uh, for different things, uh, especially home automation stuff. Um, and it's great because you can just ter- tell Siri to run the shortcut. You can just name it and it'll do it. But, oh, so um, it's essentially a macro. Effectively, that's it, Dave. Yeah, it's yeah, just okay. a, you can do a bit of programming to tell an app to do something. And a lot of people have been looking for it on the Mac to use the, uh, to be, as opposed to be able to have the ability of having the same shortcuts that they're using on your iPhone work on the Mac. So if you're sitting in front of your Mac, you can just tell Siri to do the same thing that it would have done if you were out around with your iPhone. Cool. Mm. So um, then Safari was a big thing that they, went, they made a big deal out of. And I have to say, I looked at it and said, not another redesign of a browser. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I don't you know. know. I was trying to hate it, but I don't. Really? I don't hate it. I think they, they, I don't like Safari. I don't like how it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm very much used to Chromium-based browsers. Even Firefox would be more, you know, more, more my cup of tea. But Safari, I always just find it very difficult to get to where you need to get to. Like, if I want to open up a new tab, like, it's over in the corner instead of being, you know what I mean? It's just too different. Now, this is different as well, but I just think they've, they've thought about the interface a little bit more. So it looks like it's more thought out, and the tabs are kind of more integrated into the um, into the top shell of the browser, if you will. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it will be my cup of tea exactly. I, I would love to try it out. I just think it feels like it could be better than what's there right now. Okay. Well, I'll have to reserve my judgment until I start mm. using it. But the the biggest thing with Safari, Shawnee. Yeah. The colors, man. The colors. The colors. We're back to the colors, Dave. I hope <laughs> there's an option to turn that off because I can tell you, if if I'm switching between tabs and the yeah. whole thing interface is changing based on the color of the website uh, that's going to drive me mad i don't, I don't want I my application like switching um, i i know what you mean i know what you mean and maybe maybe it might be too distracting again it's a wait and see kind of thing um it's not the first browser to have ever done that uh, no. the Val- uh, vivaldi which is uh, made by the uh, original developer of opera mm. uh, that's been out for several years and that's been able to kind of do it 
Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look now, as pretty as what Safari was. Safari but, uh, al- already has a similar type thing whereby if you're scrolling, like the, it's, it's kind of a translucent effect in the menu bar at the moment. I can see that, yeah. yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Right, okay. So that is kind of there. And there's times that, uh, like I do actually think it's, it's a gimmick. It's kind of annoying. I don't see the reason for it. But if the whole interface is going to change based on the color of the website, what happens when you go to a website that has a terrible color and then suddenly your whole app changes to suit that? Mm. I don't know. I, I find I, I'm kind of like when I'm visually, especially I'm visually trying to switch between, like I usually have a lot of windows open and if I'm visually trying to switch between them, I can go by color. And if suddenly I don't know what color Safari is, I'm kind of, ah, well, it could be confusing. Okay, I see what you mean. You you navigate your windows in that kind of manner, I see. Yeah. I don't really myself. I don't do the, uh, however you put like, bring it up and, uh, what do you call that? Um, what's it called again? Mission control. No, no, mission control, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I don't use it that much. Right. Uh, not in Windows, not in Mac OS, but I can see your point there, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So the, um, I think that was mainly did that, that that was it for Mac OS really. There wasn't anything else that kind of jumped out because a lot of it was stuff that was covered when they were talking about iOS and iPad OS. Uh, it's yeah. it's mainly like integrating all those features together. Uh, so it, there seems to be a lot more integration going on across the OSs now. Yeah, they didn't really mention anything under the hood or anything like that, like anything to do with. Um arm or anything like that uh any improvements in that side of things i didn't mention uh anything about the design of the os itself because it's it's still a new design really from big Sur that they went yeah. on about last year so it would have just been overlap yeah pretty much yeah mm. yeah all right so that was pretty much it for wwdc dave um anything else to catch your eye um well i mentioned the uh the home pod mini being available in ireland uh, that's uh one thing of course so um yeah because it's a pain in the ass trying to get things in the uk these days with uh, brexit and customs so that's Indeed. a good thing yeah um dave were you surprised that there was no hardware announcements no um no. i wasn't really i thought they would have brought out something i thought they would have like talked about maybe like a 27 inch iMac or, or or larger or one of the MacBook Pros. I thought they would have uh, done something there on hardware. Yeah. But, but uh, you see, they've been doing some kind of erratic events lately anyway to bring out mm-hmm. uh, these M1 uh, Macs and stuff like that. So there could be an event in like, you know, before the iPhone comes out that would introduce one. You never know. Probably. But yeah. they probably wanted to keep it separate. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's pretty much it for WWDC. We're pretty much out of time here, Dave. Thanks a million for going through this with me and having a great old chat again. And no. uh, sure, we'll uh, we'll catch up again for. I think uh, the next time we'll be talking about the Microsoft event and see. Did you buy anything nice for Amazon Prime Day? Excellent, lovely stuff. All right, okay, Dave. Thanks a million. Bye. Have a good one. You've been listening to Tech Post, a Limerick Post podcast in association with Limerick City Community Radio. If you have any tech questions or topics you'd like to see covered, or if you have any local tech news that you want featured, please email techpost at limerickpost.ie. The show is produced by Eric Fitzgerald, and theme music is kindly supplied by Limerick's Dylan Flynn and the Dead Poets, and you can find their great music on Spotify or Apple Music. You can follow Limerick Post on Twitter at Limerick Post, and if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it 
or leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you subscribe to get other great podcasts from The Limit Post.